Welcome to Consensus, a podcast from Census Technologies. Welcome back to another great episode of Consensus Podcast brought to you by Census Technologies. I'm your host, Vanessa, and today we'll be speaking with Mark Copeland, Vice President of Sales at 3T Medical Systems. He's going to break down the data, trends, and arguments you need to help convince your C-suite that improvements in your SPD are vital to the operation of your facility. Welcome, Mark. It's great to have you on the podcast today. It's so nice to be here with you, Vanessa. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. Uh, Mark, before we dive into this complex conversation, could you give our audience a brief introduction and talk a little bit about your role and your background? Sure. Um, uh, my name is Mark Copeland. I'm the Vice President of Sales for 3T Medical Systems Incorporated. Um, I've been in sales for 28 years. 25 of them have been in the medical, pharma, biotech field. Um, 18 of those have been in med device. And, and concomitantly, 10 of those have been calling on sterile processing departments. So, um, and, and for some reason, I have apparently have a knack for value analysis. So I kind of joke I have a big size 14 in the OR, a big size 14 in sterile processing, and and I always have it here, a red bouffant cap for vendors in value analysis. So that's my background. Your background is like one of those little like Russian nesting dolls. There's just <laughs> yeah. another layer. There's another layer. I don't know if it's as interesting, but yes, I'll, I'll accept the analogy. That's <laughs> just funny. You were like 20 some years, 20 some years. You just, just, you got more and more refined. I'm a salesperson, right? At heart. Yes. Like, does it, that, yeah. And I want everybody to know, like, that's what I do. Um, and it would keep opening the nesting doll. It's going to keep coming back salesperson. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> An infinite nesting doll of Mark. <laughs> I, I like that. All right. So uh, today, Mark, you're going to break down some cost analysis is as it relates to the sterile processing department and changes in the upcoming uh, uh, operative industry trends, increases in surgery workload. So it's it's a very heavy topic. And I think a lot of people are are going to be taking notes. Um, side note, everybody, this is a recording. You can watch it as many times as you want. So if you want to take notes, cool. If you just want to watch it on a loop, that's great. But Mark, I'm going to start out with a question that I feel really everybody on the planet should be able to answer. Why is the sterile processing industry important? Well, you know, to me, Vanessa, it's, I think everybody answers that a little bit differently. Um, you know, some people say, hey, it's my job, so I'm a pro. Some people think like it's how I feed my family. Some people uh, feel really the appeal and the attraction to being part of the patient care. And all of them are accurate. All of them are true. And, and uh, but like, you know, I, I tend to think of it, I take a step back and think of it almost just from a business standpoint, like I look at sterile processing or medical device reprocessing as they are friends in Canada call it. It's an, it's in an integral part of a billion dollar high tech industry called the operating room. And I think the more times CEOs and instrument techs and everybody in between thinks that way, it sort of changes how you look at it, how you present and how you work every day and how you bring value and respect to your department, but also show like, I, I can't stand the term sterile processing is a cost center. No, it's not. 
and I will I will argue with anybody all day long. It is not a cost center. It is an integral part of a billion dollar high tech industry called the operating room. And that's it. <laughs> I'm too old anymore <laughs> not to argue with people. How's that? How's that for passion, Vanessa? <laughs> that's right. Hey, well, I appreciate that passion. Um, you know, I at the time yeah. of this recording. You've lived I, it. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I uh, Recently, very, very recently post-op. So everybody yeah. who feels that this industry is important has a little special place in my heart. And that yeah. includes you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You just went through it. Everybody goes through it at some point or someone they care about goes through it. And it is not, surgery is not to be taken lightly, nor is any step of the process. Yep. Every little piece is is important and the tiniest little thing could impact the rest of someone's life. Very much so. Yeah. All right. So I know I gave my version of an overview of what we're discussing today, but do you have, do you want to explain a little further since you are, uh, this is one of your niches? (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is where my size 14 in both departments and my rate. Yeah. Like what I like to talk about, or the economic components of the operating room and sterile processing departments in a way that, you know, Vanessa, you you may hear, I don't hear anybody else necessarily describing it this way, which doesn't doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm really cool. But what it means is I think people are starting to get this, but not everybody's talking about it. And like, I'm going to describe, because I'm not really cool. Let me be, let's be clear about that. I right? think you're cool. Well, that's it. I got plenty of witnesses who will disagree with you. Right? So um, I, I tend to describe things like um, what I like to tell sterile processing folks. Here's what the C-suite, the OR, sterile um, uh, surgical services, surgeons, here's what they're trying to accomplish. And we we oftentimes teach what? teach to the operating room leadership what sterile processing is trying to accomplish. But realistically, everybody's feeding towards what can surgical services accomplish, right? And I think if everybody thinks of themselves as team members, that's a really good approach to have. I'll talk about some of the surgical trends that we've, you and I have experienced over the past 10, 12, 15 years. And I'll talk about what's coming, right? And and I do think, I'm going to talk about how I think sterile processing should look at themselves as a really good teammate. I'm a sports guy. So surgical services is you're part of that team and those team members and the C-suite. And how do you get a seat at that table? And you, to answer your first question, you have to respect what you do. But you also have to know how to present what you do to those folks in a way that lets your teammates in surgical services win. Um, Because if they win, so will you. And Again, I'm a basketball guy. That's the way basketball people are trained. Like, um, is to, if I can make Vanessa look good, Vanessa will be good, and she'll want to make me look good, and she'll want to make she'll want to play with me, right? I mean, that's the way we think. And I, I urge places to think about this. And as you can tell, I'll try to make it colorful and maybe entertaining <laughs> by using sports as an analogy. Sorry to the non-sports fans, but. It tends to it tends to attract speak to a broad audience when we do that. So that's what I'm going to try to talk about: what the OR and C-suite is looking for, what surgeons want, um, and those the trends that are coming, which are very important. It's a ripple effect. <laughs> so if a sterile processing professional is wanting to make this case uh, 
for their department? What what is some critical information that they're going to need to know at the beginning of this process? Yeah, and I'm going to take one step back from that for a second and say, too often I hear sterile processing department folks saying, we need more washers. We need, just had somebody say it to me yesterday, we need more people, right? And I would say sterile processing is a pretty big history of needing a lot of things and rarely getting them, rarely being paid attention to. Doesn't mean you don't need them. But like when, when you take that, when you take that approach, it almost slows you down, right? So I would say when people are thinking about, man, you're going to, cause you're going to think we need more people. We need, we need an instrument tracking system, right? We were, you and I were talking about that. We need more washers. You can think that way all day long because you do as a leader. But when you present it, you got to present it in a way, in my opinion, that shows those other teammates, the operating room, surgical services, surgeons, how they can, how, what you do can let them win. And I'll show you an example of that. So, but to do that, you need to sort of know your numbers as a sterile processing department. And most people do it. You know, it helps to have sort of like your tracking information helps them pull stuff so fast that they couldn't pull 10 years ago when they didn't have it. Right. But you also need to know what the OR values, like what are their numbers? What are their costs? What are their problems? What are their KPIs? Right. And does what you need, if you got it, does it help them do those things, solve those problems, hit those numbers? So that's sort of like that attitude change that I think some of the really good leaders I, who I have gotten to know over the years, that's the way they think. And it's amazing the investments they get because I think they describe things a little bit differently. So um, like, I'll give you a couple of examples. I know you and I talked about this, right? So here's some perspective. The operating room in a hospital accounts for 60, that's six zero percent of the overall revenue to that hospital. An ambulatory surgery center, because I'm sure you have different audiences here, 99% of the revenue to an ambulatory surgery center is from surgical procedures, right? Like that's, that's it. I mean, both, regardless of whether you're in an ambulatory surgery center or you're in a hospital, both are number one. It's not the ICU. It's not the ER. It's not the pharmacy. And it is not the coffee shop. It is the operating room. I mean, they, they, there's people close, lined now, up. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> people are lined up at the Starbucks. I get it. It could be. You could be second place. <laughs> but it's not, right? 60% of it. So think about it. Your, your hospital, if they do $2 billion in revenue, 60% of that, that's $1.2 billion comes out of that operating room. That's the revenue engine of hospitals and ambulatory surgery centers. Um, you know, so when I say you're an integral part of a high tech, multi billion dollar industry, I'm not joking. You are, right? So sterile processing numbers tend to be uh, $50 for us to reprocess a set of orthopedic instruments, right? Um, 37 cents an instrument. I think I saw somebody post one time. Um, for somebody who knew, you know, um, how long does it take for us to sterilize something? How long does it take for us to decontaminate something? Time from decontamination doorway to finished product to the OR, right? Or the sterile shelf, whatever it is. Those are your metrics. Here are the OR's metrics. Their numbers go something like this, $50 a minute. 
That's fifty at least fifty dollars a minute. Ten thousand dollars for a set of instruments. Forty five thousand dollars for a. This is going to sound really smart, Vanessa. You'll like it. Right? Forty five thousand dollars for a return surgery within thirty days of the initial <gasps> episode of care. That basically means, Ooh. yeah, like it doesn't it sound smart? It basically means yeah. if you have to come back within 30 days of you having surgery, the hospital has to pay for that. Medicare does That's not pay crazy. for it. Neither do private insurers. That's a relatively recent change, past five, six years, right? So those are numbers in the heads of directors of surgical services, C-suite, VPs. Those are numbers they know. They also know. You'll see numbers all over the place, but it's usually between thirty-five and seventy-five thousand dollars per surgical site infection, right? So they're looking at turnover time, door-to-door time, door-to incision time. Time is money as well. So sterile processing knows their numbers. Do they know their operating rooms numbers? Because I think if they do, they're better equipped. And here's a big one you and I talked about a couple weeks ago. Contribution margin, really, again, a fancy term for the profit they make off of these cases. Ortho and spine are by far and away the largest contribution margin cases in a hospital or surgery center that they make the most margin on, right? Money, that's what it is. So it's why two things. It's why you see how the ortho and spine guys have all the cool gadgets because they make money. Right. The other part is that's why you see them on billboards because hospitals don't they don't advertise the coffee shop because they don't make much money on it. They don't advertise other like if it doesn't get patients in or make them money, Mm -hmm. they're they're dumb if they're advertising it. I'm going to tell you that. Right. And you don't (laughs) see many of them that are that are dumb. That's true. Right. So that's how you know what matters. But I would I always say ask them. Go ask them. They will tell you, right? So if if sterile processing people understand, man, my teammates up there, if we can shorten their turnover time, it, it's valuable. If we can um, if we can let them do more cases in a day, it's valuable. And we'll talk about how valuable that is. That's, that's the mindset I think they should have. No, absolutely. Um, you bringing up the billboards that made me think in, in, in my area, I'm like, yeah, all I ever see is, is ortho and spine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you'll see some robotic stuff and you'll see some ER time, right? And basically what it is, is it means if you come here, we get you in the building and then we know if we get you in the building, we're more likely to be the place where you go for your other things. And that's yeah. it. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because yep, they, exactly. yeah, it's not because of some wonderful soul that everyone has. It's because it's where, you know, you heard me say this a couple weeks ago, the answer to all of your questions is money. Don Olmeyer said that years ago on Monday Night Football. I would add in in, in healthcare, there's an additional part, is patient safety. Because do no harm applies where it does not apply at Chick-fil-A or does not apply at necessarily Walmart, right? Like they don't say, hey, we can't make a move before we know we're not endangering our patients. So that's why healthcare is a little bit different. So the I always joke, the answer to all of your questions is money and patient care. Yes but it's probably in that order. <laughs> it's probably I mean, in that order. Un- unfortunate, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's um, reality. It's the reality in the world in which we live. So we, yeah, can either, yeah. we can either rail against it, like old man Simpson shaking, yelling at the clowns, <laughs> <laughs> or, 
Or we can try to work within those boundaries and do both. Because if you can do both, yeah. you got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Keep your patients safe and bring in uh, bring in some money for your facility. You're you're on point. Yeah. Not a cost center. What is the importance of the sterile processing department as it relates to the importance of the OR? And like I said, I think we pretty well covered it. But if you have. I, I like the analogy, though, because this again, here's the analogy. Um, if the operating room is the revenue engine of that F Formula One, let's use sports, billion dollar high tech industry, sterile processing is the pit crew. Right. And the pit crew is integral to success and the financial goals of the OR. So how does this relate to the OR? I always I always laugh, right? Like the wheel man, the, the dude that takes the wheel off and puts it on in a Formula One race in 2.3 seconds makes a quarter of a million dollars to put a wheel, take it, right? It's insanity. Why? Because it's the difference between a $10 million win this weekend in Saudi Arabia and a $500,000 10th place. <clears throat> it's enormous. Right. And yes, the driver and spectators could die if the wheels comes off. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. catastrophic. Sound familiar? Sterile processing. Right. It's the same thing. But make no mistake, the wheel man makes $250,000 a year because winning means money. Driver and safety and spectator safety in this case, they just sort of come along for the ride. <laughs> right. And again, it's the reality. It's the reality. So yeah. that's my that's the way I relate it. Yeah, that's that is that's actually pretty spot on. Um, Although I don't know how many sterile processing people are making a quarter of a million dollars a year. I wish them well. It'd be cool. Yeah, no, it, uh, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, get somebody smarter in for that conversation. Oh, geez, yeah, that's uh, that's the debate of the century, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, you had mentioned a few minutes ago that we're going to run through some scenarios where you break down. Uh, a couple, a couple, you know, hypothetical situations might not be hypothetical for some sterile processing departments on they have a need and what they need to do to try to get it met. So uh, to start off with, uh, what are some trends in the surgical industry that you could tell us about and how they will affect our sterile processing departments? Well, real briefly, you saw it. I've seen it. Orthopedic and spine cases have doubled in the past 12 years in the United States. Um, and they're going to double again in 20, by 2033. Um, you know, yeah. And, and so we'll use, we'll use ortho and spine because again, they have the large contribution margin. That's what the operating room is trying to do. And that's what the billboards show. So I, I joke, it's a total joint tide that's been rising and we're about to see a surgical tsunami over the next 15 years. So imagine doing like I ask every person in sterile processing to say, imagine doing what right now what you're doing twice as many in 10 years, knees, hips, shoulders, spines. Just take a second. Think about that. <laughs> like, I would cry. I, I really would. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's daunting. <laughs> but I mean, like the contribution margin on those cases is so high that everybody wants to do more of them. And the baby boomers are going to guarantee there's a waiting caseload to get to it. So you can either cry, which maybe we do at some point, right? We <laughs> can say, you know what? I'm going to embrace it. Let's embrace this. And how the heck are we going to do that? And we got a couple of examples, but I would say, you know, I would think reps, vendor reps should think this way. Sterile processing should think this way. Operating room and surgical services 
should be thinking this way. And I think they're coming around. So, you know, you wanted, we had an example we talked about, about uh, needing washers, right? And, uh, and I'm, I warn your listeners, nerd alert. Here it comes, nerd <laughs> alert. So I'll try to keep this simple. So the example we've talked about is, let's imagine your hospital, Vanessa's hospital, wants to do more joints. Not hard to imagine. Every one of them wants to do it. But you know your washers, for example, are from the 90s, the 1890s. Right? <laughs> like, and we've seen it. You know, we all laugh about it. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say. So I pulled this data from a hospital I used to go in all the time. They had a 40-minute wash cycle. They had two washers, right? And so they basically said, look, from the time I hit start on this washer to the time I can take it out and really dry it, it's about an hour. So they And they had those little washers that could do six levels. So they could do 12 levels per hour because they had two washers, right? They could do 192 levels in their first and second shift, 16 hours. Right? That, right? So that's it. That was their capacity within those two shifts. And that's assuming the washer didn't break down everything like, right? And I don't even want like, but let's just say best case scenario. They're maxed out at 192. This place did 10 joints a day, which is a hundred levels of instruments, typically speaking. You added an EMT, a couple of spine cases and a couple of general cases, and they were already 92%. They were at 177 levels on average, going through their washer. Does this sound familiar? It isn't. Like, uh, just in like three quarters of the places we all go, right? And you guys have the data. You have census tracking data. You see it. You know, right? So if you wanted to add two more joints, what hospitals tend to underestimate is like, hold it. Can our pit crew keep up? Like, are we going to have to hire more pit crew? Are we going to have to pay overtime? Because we can't, we can only push through so much stuff, right? Your washers are maxed out. Your total joints will, the additional ones, will exceed your current capacity. These are facts. These cannot be disputed. Now, you'll notice I'm not saying we need a washer. I'm just saying, hey, we're at 92%. If we add cases, our capacity will be exceeded. Well, that, 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 that is it. And then I would say, now, $150,000 investment and two big new weapons grade automated washers sort of beefs up our capacity to 648 levels on those two shifts. We can handle, you guys can go get that competitive orthopedic surgeon across town. And if you bring her over, she's going to bring two joints oh, or two days a week. She's going to bring, you know, three joints a day, two days a week. That's 300 joints a year at about $20,000 in reimbursement. That's about $6 million in revenue. Remember contribution margin that we talked about, the, the mm-hmm. profit on it? That's about $1.5 million in contribution margin. And that, I mean, that's enormous money. And if sterile processing is talking about that and they present that to directors of surgical services, they can say, hey, her new her 30 procedures or five weeks of her surgery pays for our $150,000 washers. But more importantly, Director of Surgical Services, you guys can go get that surgeon, bring in $6 million in revenue. And by the way, sterile processing, you get your washers. It's a team game. You just showed them how they can make a lot of money, bring in more ortho and spine. We already know they want it. You're the point guard in hoops. Your job is to make those folks look good and make them money. But accidentally, they're like, yeah, you know what? $150,000. Yeah, let's do that. Because they're looking at $6 million and $1.5 million in 
contribution margin, right? Now, that's a nerd alert. That's a lot of numbers I threw at people. <laughs> but we'll be glad to explain it to anybody on the side personally, anytime they want, right? But that's an example of, I don't hear, I just hear people going, oh, we need new washers. We don't have enough washers. We need more. I mean, it's just, that's not, how successful has that been getting investments in your department? It's like when one of my kids comes to me and says, mom, I want this. And I go, and do you need it? Yep. When you use <laughs> census gives you great data. How are you going to take action with it? And mm -hmm. if you understand the ORs data, then you just have to kind of ask them or you can, I mean, most of the numbers I pulled for this talk are coming from the Google machine, right? Like it's not that hard. And if somebody says, I don't want to even do that, Copeland, like send me your email. I'll send it to you. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm not making any money on this. Uh, so how was that for one example? That was a that was a great example. Um, definitely relatable to, like you said, about three yeah. quarters of the serial processing departments and that we know. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. And 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 breaking it down in a logical way that will yep. make sense to your higher ups, because, yep. again, just saying we want this. It's not it's not going to get you to that finish line. Yeah. And, and honestly, we need this. Sounds like you're pleading and and. You're not. What you're actually saying, is, in your mind, you should be saying, you guys need this. If you want to hit those goals, you need this. I'm going to show you how to deliver it, and I'm going to show you what you'll get out of it. That wins. That that gets things. That, I mean, because you're you're actually thinking of everybody else first. You just happen mm -hmm. to come along. You, you, come, you get something good out of it as well. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of stuff, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it's great. I love it. It's great. Um, I on uh, secret you, you fun fact. I, I love I love numbers. So you um, you you and I are fellow nerds. We are. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. I will tell everybody. My my second grader she says something about a nerd, and I'm like, uh, Do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna nerd out here. Uh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, all the data, all the facts, because if it's if it's a fact and it's in black and white, it makes it harder to argue against. It's not wishful thinking or hypotheticals. You're saying, here's the numbers, here's the data, here's the history. Right. And too many times I hear these folks saying they lead with, look, I'm in sales. Like I know how to, I've been taught how to present things to the people that I'm talking to that matters to them. Right. And too many times, sterile processing will say, we need these. We're risking patient safety. And if that was effective as a persuasion tactic, you'd already have the washers. It's not. It's like the F1 driver safety and spectator's bait. It kind of comes along with it. But if you can prove with data the economic benefits to all of the teammates Oh, and by the way, we keep patients safe. Oh, and by the way, we're less likely to get a joint commission or, or, or DNV or AAAHC citation. Well, now people are like, oh, now you have my attention. You've, you know, and I think if they people, most folks know they need these things. But if you adjust how you present it, I think your batting average goes up, you know. So, uh, Mark. Great scenario for uh, arguing for equipment, bringing up all the data that you need. And I'm sure that every sterile processing department has a specialty or more than one specialty that needs more instruments. 
especially when they want to bring in a new surgeon, because let's be real, they bring in a new surgeon and they don't increase the instrument amounts, you're in for a rough time. So can you walk us through an example pertaining to that? Yeah. And I would say places should try to get ahead of this, right? So you don't want, you can still make your case after they brought the new surgeon in, but it's much easier to do it before they bring the new surgeon in. And I'll give you an example of one that I we see everywhere and everybody has probably experienced. So like, let's say you got two sports medicine orthopedic surgeons, right? And one operates on Tuesday, one operates on Thursday, they're partners. And they both have patients booked out for four months. This is, this is commonplace. And they're both irritated that they can't add an extra case on Tuesday and Thursday because they don't, the hospital doesn't have enough instruments. I mean, it's everywhere, right? So the set of instruments costs, let's say 10,000 bucks. That's generally a rule of thumb, back of the envelope. Mm -hmm. So now, now I'm going to get, again, nerd alert. The CPT code is, is 29827 for a surgeon. And that surgeon makes in the hospital outpatient surgery setting, that's where these numbers are, $1,097 per procedure, okay? Hospital outpatient reimbursement per CMS is $6,347 per shoulder scope. Nerd alert. The contribution margin is probably around $1,000. It's not a total joint, which has even higher contribution margins, but it's it's pretty significant, right? So again, yeah. I was just, have I lost anybody here because I'm nerding <laughs> out a little bit, right? So surgeon makes a little over a thousand bucks every time they do it. Hospital outpatient surgery center makes around sixty three hundred every time, and they on that sixty three hundred dollars in money they make about a thousand dollars in profit. Okay, mm-hmm. if we were to invest, you and I are running the sterile processing department, right? If we invested that ten thousand dollars in a set of instruments. Surgeon A can use it on Tuesday. Surgeon B can use it on Thursday. So all we need is one set of instrument. Each adds that case per week, one case per week. So that's two additional shoulder scopes per week. That's a hundred extra shoulder scopes a year. And you say, well, how important is that? Well, allow me, (laughs) as they say in Pulp Fiction, (laughs) well, allow me to retort. Surgeon A makes $55,000 more per year for his practice. So does his partner. That's $110,000 in additional revenue they just made this year by getting more patients on their surgical schedule in one day a week. The hospital makes $636,700 a year, relatively significant amount of money. Contribution margin on that is right around $100,000 a year. The return on investment is 10 cases or five weeks. So they pay off that set of instruments in five weeks that they'll probably use for another five years. The cost benefit ratio, which we have not talked about is 64 to one, $640,000 to $10,000 and 10 to one on profit nerd alert. Right. But here's the, you know, and this does get lost in this patient gets surgery sooner and is back to normal life sooner. And CEOs are like, Oh yeah. And we don't lose them to the guys across town because we couldn't get them in four months, we could tell four months from now. But like, honestly, most importantly, you get your procedure sooner. You're back to activities of daily living sooner. You're hugging your kids. You're playing whatever it is you do, right? Like the patient actually wins and you 
my highly intelligent process, sterile processing wizard. You don't have to stand on your head Tuesdays and Thursdays trying to turn a set over, right? So you do benefit, but you, you bring it up at the end. You're just trying to make sure, hey, surgeons are happy, ORs happy, CEOs happy, patients happy. And I don't have to like light things on fire Tuesdays and Thursdays to keep up, right? Like, I mean, oh, no. Yeah. So like, think about that. And you just made an unbelievable business analysis and we'll show you how to present it really fast in an executive summary. It's five sentences. Mm -hmm. It's 30 seconds. But if you do it, which is kind of what I just did, um, you may not bat a thousand, but people are going to be like, shoot, we probably should be doing this, right? Because that is not the response people get. And you know who struggles, Vanessa? Surgeons struggle to do this. They're so used to getting whatever they want. Now they don't. And they're like, I don't understand it. Why, why, what I, why do I not get what I want? I'm like, well, you don't know how to make a business presentation, right? And so I help some surgeons do this. Like, I'm like, I need your numbers. Give me your numbers. Give them to me. Give me all the data you have. I'll get some more. And we're going to put one together. And you go propose this. And I'll bet you're, I'll bet you're bet more likely to get it than you're not. And yeah, so I mean, it's not just sterile processing, it's vendor reps, it's people like your company, mine, surgeons, everybody struggles with this. Those who succeed have a big advantage and it's not hard. So I, I hope that like, that gives me, I used to scratch my head. I'm like, what do you mean you can't afford a $10,000 set of instruments? Like, right? You got like $300 million of instruments floating around in this hospital somewhere and until, thank God, somebody started bringing in <laughs> instrument tracking systems, you're like, like, oh, thank God, we kind of know where everything is now. Well, that seems <laughs> helpful, right? Like, yes, it's, yeah, it's insanity. Um, yeah, what, I can tell you this: what, Walmart, Walmart, Walmart does not operate that way. Walmart knows where their stuff is. They do. Yeah, absolutely. We don't. We yeah. don't. <laughs> we're getting there. Well, we do now. I think, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. I think sometimes like with, with you brought up the instrument tracking systems, when you implement from like paper tracking to digital tracking, um, it's finding all the little hidey holes and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, you know uh, so-and-so's got an extra dressing set in their locker just in case, <laughs> or like yes. this doctor likes yes. to keep these instruments in his desk drawer, like these weird... Yeah. Yep. Not acceptable locations. And then you have to not only implement the process, get everybody on board and be like, you can't take these home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work up front, but it is it pays for itself from an economic standpoint pretty quickly. But more importantly, you actually can do everybody can do their jobs better, including surgeons. And who benefits? Patients do. Right. I mean, like. Uh, it's astounding. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, uh, and you know me, I, I got no conflict of interest here, right? Like I'm not talking about your instrument tracking because I, I make money on it. I do not. I just think places are crazy if they don't have them. And, and, and they're, they're, they're lesser and less, there's fewer and fewer of them every time. So, um, but yeah, like, um, so yeah, I presented this at that, at that meeting you and I were at, at sort of how to do, an executive summary of this. And it's something I had to be taught. Um, and, and like, I, I'll rattle it off and, you know, but uh, you know me, Vanessa, like I, at the end of this, we'll say how to contact me. Anybody can send me. I'm, I'm, I'm very sincere about this. 
anybody can send me their issues and I'll ask them a couple questions and it'll kind of say, hey, if you don't know the answers to these questions, you got to go find them, but you can find them and I'll help them try to do that because I am passionate about this. But like if you, this is how people, this is how MBAs present it of whom I am not one, but this is how they present. They, they do an executive summary, what it's called. In healthcare, it's got five components. In typical business, it's four components, but we add a fifth because because healthcare has do no harm, has and now value analysis to it. So your executive summary goes something like this. It's what is the situation? What are the economics? What are any value analysis benefits, which is a whole different topic? What's the return on investment? What's the cost benefit ratio? That's it, right? So here's how we do those surgeons. Here's the situation. Currently, we have two busy orthopedic surgeons who are experiencing a backlog of patients who need shoulder surgery. Here are the economics. A $10,000 capital investment in a set of instruments allows those surgeons to book two more cases a week, immediately increasing orthopedic service line revenue to $640,000 of annual revenue and an ortho contribution margin of about $100,000 annually. So that's the economic part. Here's the value analysis. Additional benefits include an increase in patient satisfaction because they're in sooner and done on time and surgeon satisfaction because they're making more money and they're running on time. Those are value analysis components. Return on investment, it's paid for in five weeks. And the cost benefit is $10,000 in investment, $640,000 in revenue is 64 to one. And $100,000 in contribution margin, 10 to 1. Nerd alert, right? But that's how you present it. Like, Vanessa, if you put your request together and sat with the CEO in that Starbucks we were talking about and you did this, that CEO is going to do one of two things. They're going to say, should we buy two sets of instruments, right? If they're really good, right? Yeah. Because you presented it in a way they understand. They This is how they synthesize Mm -hmm. data. Yep. Or they're going to say, I don't know. Because I don't know who you are, but who are you, right? And and seriously, you could walk and say, "Yeah, when you're when you think you're ready to look for it, I'll come up and see you, or you can come down to sterile processing yeah. department. You probably should anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you should come down and see our department, see what we do. Yeah, right? exactly. But I mean, like, they don't go, "Oh, Vanessa, you have no idea what you're talking about." They actually will say, "I had no idea." Explain mm-hmm. that to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, I would joke like, if they don't, if you don't have their attention, they're not listening. Right. Yeah. It's not that it's not that you're not talking their language; they're not paying mm-hmm. attention. That happens. Yeah. Right. You got to practice. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, nerds practice. You know, that's what you have to do. But I mean, I think that that that's a point guard. You just sat with the CEO and said. I'm about to make you $640,000 in top line revenue. Is that something you might be interested in? Those old sales nerdy techniques. You open that's with something that, I can interest go, you in. I'm sorry, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But let me buy yeah. you a coffee. <laughs> exactly. I let, they may buy you the coffee, which they yeah. probably should. So like, you know, if a CEO doesn't, every CEO, every yes. DP, every director of surgical services, We'll get that. They may yes. say, prove that to me. Where'd you come up with that? Like, yeah. But they're not going to say you're wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, they shouldn't, right? 
And and if you got somebody who's disagreeing, if you got a C-suite who's like, I don't know, I don't know. Next two people I go talk to is your director of surgical services. I do the same presentation. And then those two surgeons. Yes. Okay, dude, so hey, then they're bombarding hey, Dr. him. Dr. Hammerswinger, you interested in maybe making an extra $55,000 this year? They were like, hmm? What was that? <laughs> I do one more procedure per week. Like, Yes. And that's yeah. why I don't understand this. And you guys have such good data. You make this so much easier for people. But you still have to, then they still have to turn around and go, here's how you use it. Here's how yes. you get what you want. And yes. it's not because of you. It's because of everybody's better. Right? Yeah. And that's, you know, like, you and I like love this stuff. We can talk about this all day long. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and and I do think it matters. And, and MedDevice is not very good at doing this. Um, we're learning. But for as many people as I have on the clinical side, surgeons, sterile processing people, reaching out to me saying, hey, could you explain that to me again? Um, I have... 10 times many med device companies reaching out to me going, Hey, what was that again? Could you help us with this? Like, and, and I'm not saying that I had no idea. I thought people thought this way. They don't, or, or, or I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> that's all I got for you today, Vanessa. I got nothing else. That's a lot. Let's be real. That's, that is a lot. And, and like I said at the beginning, if anybody is like, hold on a minute, Rewind the episode, watch it again, put it on a loop on your drive to work. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh there's got to be better things to listen to than me talking economics, but they should. Well, if they're, podcast. If, if they're in one of these scenarios or yeah. one similar to it and they're like, how do I get what I need? Like this is, this is gold right now, right here. Yeah. I, I feel like it's sort of hidden gold that's right in front of everybody if they can collect some of the data. And and I also know I'm in sales. My job isn't to tell you how to do something. My job is to tell you what you get out of it and help you do it. So I, you know, I, I would say to anybody that's listening to this, regardless who they are, um, if you think I can help, email me, hit me on LinkedIn. And I'm glad to, I, I, you know, because it is important. Our, frankly, patients deserve it, right? You just went through this. I've been through it. Everybody we know goes through this at some point. Patients deserve it. There should not be instruments in lockers and there should not be people in sterile processing crushing themselves, trying to keep up with operating room um, uh, surgical tsunamis. It's not right. And from a business standpoint, it's dumb, right? Let's stop being dumb. Let's start being a little bit smarter. Um and so, yeah, so that's, I, I tell this to anybody, I'm sincere, you know, you know it, Vanessa, like if you know anybody else that hears it, tell, send yep. them my way. I will help them because well, it's valuable. That's how we're getting this conversation. Cause I was like, well, let me reach out to him. <laughs> he opened that door. I'm going to walk through it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're yes. not the only one, but so, you're one of the first. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I think it was what the next day after I, after I heard you speak, I was like, Hey Mark, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think the sun had set twice by the time I got a message from you. And that's cool, yes. right? Like I, yes. I, I like that because you'll someday you'll probably end up helping me with something, right? Or I'll have to ping you and go, hey, well, we're doing do a value it. a benefit, cost benefit thing here. Could you help? Do you have any sense of this? Yeah. And you'll help yeah. me because we help each other, Absolutely. right? Because we actually are in all this in this together for patients. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yes. 
Well, you mentioned one way to reach out to you was your LinkedIn. So folks who are on LinkedIn, if you're not, the sterile processing industry lives there. So like you should totally do it. But Mark is there. And then you mentioned your email, but you didn't give us your email address yet. So sure. It, it's it's Amazon Mark, mcope67 at gmail.com. So mcope67 at gmail.com. And uh you know, reach out again, or if you're on LinkedIn, DM me. Um, I'm just trying to think, is there any other way to get it? That's probably the two easiest ways for people to get a hold of me. Yeah. Don't give out your personal cell phone number. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my social security number is now. No, no. <laughs> Stop. Well, that, yeah. That's just asking for a world of trouble. <laughs> yeah. It is so good to talk to you, Vanessa. I'm so glad. So um, it's so nice to see you. It, it's, uh, yes. you know. And, and I like what, you know, I know you're involved with CASP. I know you've stood in the, in the shoes of these folks you're talking to, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to help them. And, um, you know, we're kind of kindred spirits that way, I, I feel. Yes. Um, so I like that. I, I admire what yes. you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm just trying to be a, a little force in the world, making life better. That's my objective. Mom, we're going to make your mom proud. <sighs> yeah. Well, she apparently is. So there's that. <laughs> She has no idea what I what I really do, um, and she keeps offering me business assistance from her degree that she got in like the eighties or nineties. So she's she means well. <laughs> yes, and you listen to her. She's yes. your mom. Yes. Yeah. She's my mom. Okay. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you want to bring up? Any parting wisdom, advice, points? Uh, Jokes, sports references. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's a, it's right. It's a team sport. Think of them as your teammates, and they were more likely to invite you to the table because, frankly, you deserve to be at the table. But just saying you deserve it isn't going to get you there. Go prove it. And it stinks that some the, the burden of proof is on the people in sterile processing, but it's the it's reality, and you can either do that, <laughs> or as we talked earlier cry when you see the caseload that's coming. Yeah, let's not cry. Let's 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 surf that wave, baby. Let's not look for life preservers, right? Let's surf that big wave coming and get you what you need and your team needs and your people need. Um let's do that. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Mark, in closing, thank you again for taking the time today to break down this seldom discussed topic, which hopefully after this episode airs is going to cause its own tsunami and your (laughs) inbox will be flooded with people and you'll say, what did I do? What did I do? Uh, I say that on Vanessa's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the census one, but I'm, I'm the face now. Um, But uh, yes, so it's been great talking to you. And even though I had, heard this at my local chapter conference. I feel like I still learned more things from you and I will probably Mm. be one of those people who listens to it a couple of times just because, you know, nerd alert. Um, For those of you listening, thank you for joining us on this episode of Consensus Podcast. If you want to hear more from Census, go to census.com. We have our podcasts there. You can go to YouTube or wherever you find your podcasts. Hit the subscribe button. Stay on top of what we're doing. It's going to be great. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.